good day, good evening, good night, and welcome to another episode of The Black Cauldron. Now, this is... Uh, honestly, I don't know how this is going to turn out. Because uh, magic, magic can't fix what we're feeling and what's going on here. But we are going to do our best to bring you all that we can. We're going to step into the Harry Potter world like we're going into the pensive. And, you know, I was thinking about that, ladies, and I wonder. It's just like every time somebody went into a pensive, it wasn't for good joy. It wasn't for joy. They weren't going back to play around in happy memories. I was just like, maybe I don't need to be in a pensive right now. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are to discuss the hopefully, because we are on this track record of how a pattern of MO has been so far for the first three books, two podcasts for one book. So book four. I don't know what's going to happen, but we if, don't you have go about beyond, 10. if you go beyond <laughs> two, three episodes, book four, I can't book five, six, and seven. It's going to take us into the new year. Hey there, That's I'm fine. Going. I'm fine with it. I, I need a good distraction <laughs> of, of something happy so I can conjure a good Patronus when the motherfuckers come for me. The Dementor, that is true. Ladies, I cannot tell you how far, how much I look forward to it. I'm just like, we should do the podcast right now, like right now. And that was Wednesday. Was I couldn't Wednesday. do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> no, but remember, we couldn't even do it then because technically, in order for it to go to YouTube automatically, we need yeah, to put out on a Monday. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it's all good and fine. So before I go any further, let me introduce these wonderful ladies that I am here. They're my anchor, they're my rock, and I am, they're not even Hermione to my Harry. They're just the motherfucking the shit. They are. <laughs> we have Lady Professor, Professor Deb. How are you doing today, Deb? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I um my class starts tomorrow. Ooh, and girl. so I've spent the next few days um and I'm, I have to publish my my course before uh, before I go to bed tonight. <laughs> so cause technically class starts tomorrow, but everything's done. So okay. I'm good. So you're well, teaching you a class? Library yeah, library skills. Young adult, young adult oh. literature. Oh, young adult cool. literature at the um the uh, i school at the University of Maryland College of Information um, Services and um, studies and so I will be uh, teaching six weeks class I have about I think I have about 19 students signed up I mean is this online and can we come online <laughs> online unfortunately it's not available for the for the public unless because that's how the University of Maryland makes its money these days my biggest concern though is um so many libraries are closed and my students will need to get material so yeah that is true relying on the digital world the digital world for for my students and i'm you know should be i remember when i took children lit in college it was you the professor was basically like access the library it is far easier to because a lot of the sometimes the children lit books were kind of obscured and you couldn't right. find it. So um, one of the places I found it, if it weren't, was like Strand's Bookstore. They have a mm-hmm. huge children's section. And they also had like old back bottle because they're a used bookstore. That's not open anymore. And trust yeah. me, if you've ever been to the Strand, like if yeah. all I'll say yeah. is about you, there is no way you can six feet. No way. Just just being in the place is just like there's someone on top of you. So it is going to be a difficult haul for those students. Yeah, so I'm going to try to be, that's why I, I really changed the course a lot, because I just didn't want them to to be burdened, because they just don't have the same flexibility to walk into a library and browse. So just to try and you know, make sure that they can find the materials. 
that they need. But I do always look forward to it. I feel a tremendous um, honor to be able to be helpful on somebody's professional journey. So, or to have some influence, hopefully positive. And um, so I look forward to it. It's really one of the highlights. I'm still close to a lot of students over the years. And one of my biggest thrills is since I've been teaching it online is I might be at a program or might be at an event, Library of Congress or something, and someone will come up to me and say, you don't know my face, but I took your class. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. So, yeah, that's a good thing. Okay. <laughs> so I was going to ask you, um, how just a random question, um, you know, since you talk about Hermione, she's always in the library. How has the library world taken it? Because the library is so essential to so many people beyond just getting books. It is where yes, they get information, very... daily information. It's where they get yeah. access to technology, which is limited. Um, sometimes it's a daycare center. It is a feed-in center. I mean, it's so many it's things really... just beyond just borrowing a book. It's really been tough. I've spoken to some of my colleague, former colleagues, and um, they've been doing some programming, like author programs and things like that over Zoom or um, things that they have put canned programs, they filmed things and put them online. But, you know, we, we served a lot of families that just had no Internet access, so they can't even see those things. And mm -hmm. once they reopen, then the challenge is going to be how do you keep everything safe for the staff? You know, you never right. knew who was walking up to you at the desk and asking for something. And who's going to clean off every computer after everybody uses it? So it's going to be a big, big challenge. Um, right now, all people are doing is able to access the Wi-Fi from the library parking lots. Wow. So that, but um, for people who don't have it, you know, at home. So it, it's a tough time. It really is a tough time. And you realize how much you, the library was part of the community um, once it's no longer there and, and with its physical presence. Yeah, and let me just add to that, you know, like all you motherfuckers out there who are trying to privatize the library, it ain't gonna happen. Oh my no. dear body, just putting it out there. You know what? Listen, we are six minutes in barely, and we done dropped the MF so many times on this holy day with <laughs> with uh, uh, Deacon Deborah. Not, we gotta get it together. It's someone Sabbath. It's someone Sabbath. And this is a kid. <laughs> we are yeah. angry. <laughs> So let me get to the lady from Farron, Ohio. I'm sorry, Deb? I just said it's right there. Right, the, the emotion is right on the edge. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what, people? Ron curses all the time. He sure does. I'm telling yes, you. Yes, he does. We just don't see it. Hermione just gets flabbergasted by no. it. We get, to, yes. we get to see that, you know, we hear, and Ron said something that made Hermione go, oh, Ron. Uh, uh, it's a good thing everyone was screaming at the same time because that's mm -hmm. heard them. Right. Hey, you, Janina. How are you? I'm, I'm angry, period. I am fucking angry. I cannot. Listen, when something tragic in the world happens, people show their true colors. You find out who your friends are. You, you find out who your allies are. And I am angry. And I'm going to try really hard to let this be my source of joy today and be happy. But that's the truth. Well, I am so glad that we're all here and we are alive and well. So let's get into it. I think where we ended last time, if I'm not mistaken, we ended at the 
portion where we were just about to get into the, you know, teacher of the year, Professor <laughs> Sybil Trelawney and <laughs> Rubius Hagrid. I mean. Oh, Sybil. Uh, yes. Listen, you know what I love the most about Sybil isn't her. It is all the snide remarks that we get oh, from yes. McGonagall. <laughs> The shade is so real. You know, it's she's like, what is going on? This is the first time I've not received applause from my transfiguration. And oh, I see. Which one of you is going to die this year? And, you know, and well, if it wasn't for me not wanting to speak ill of my colleagues, I mean, all the things, the shade is so real and I love it. I feel like McGonagall is you know, just this like pillar of stoicism and, you know, just, you don't want she to mess is, with she her. Is she literally, that, she don't, literally, go ahead, sorry. Just, that whole, you know, you, she, like if looks could kill, <laughs> you don't want the daggers coming from her eyes. Like you don't want to be on her bad side, but so it's 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 nice on the rare occasion that we do get to see some emotion from her. But, yeah, that woman is so hardcore. And I just love the shade that she drops on the seer. But but let's not be let's not be. Um, let's be fair here. Sybil be given as good as she gets. Sybil has contempt for the whole staff. Like, oh, for she, everyone. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's the best. But that's the thing I cannot get out of about Sybil. Like, girl. You, I don't know what you think you're doing at this school, but you just think that somehow she's on some. If if it's a thing in the wizarding world, she's an anti-vaxxer. I swear she is. <laughs> it's just like she's on. Some completely, That's a good way to put it. I like that. That's a completely different wavelength. It's just like it's like where she doesn't even believe magic is real. You understand? I'm saying like where she, she seems right. to think that the it's the unconventional thing that we regular human being think is unconventional she too thinks that's unconventional and her proof is i could see into the future i know things and it's just like <laughs> lady <laughs> we would more believe you oh. could turn a teacup into a face before we think oh <laughs> next week you know when, when dumbledore says oh that brings her real predictions to two maybe she should get a raise <laughs> Right. Yeah. But, but when as soon as he said that, I thought, yeah, a broke clock is right twice a day. Right. 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 Trelawney, you know, she, and, and the, it is, 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 is the fact that she's wrong most of the time does not see, it hasn't ruined her status. She's still a teacher. You're still expected to, um, to treat her with respect. You're still expected to go to her class do all of that well she, she does get a couple little things right you know just little things a whole lot, right? there. But, but a whole lot of that is people like twisting the events to sure. fit her position. exactly so isn't that just, what psychics do <laughs> <laughs> and then it's, sort of, it's sort of like you know political pundits and people who are wrong all the time and then they're back on the talk shows and it's like you were just wrong a hundred percent, and here you are sitting up here again, and people are expected to pay attention to you. But she is, um, you know, that she, but she has that status, and it really does show the kind of um, 
um, way that girls and, and boys are social, differently socialized, that so many of the girls think that this is a great thing, that she's that the way she is predicting, and they're just buying into it. And it, the best response you can get from the boys is like, what? But, right, um, right. But the boys you know, see this as an easy, free class, right? This is an easy class. This is a class that just sitting down there and just be like, hmm, I don't see it. The, the, the clash between her and Hermione. It's like the clash between um, the real substance and the airy nothing, as you know, so to speak. And <laughs> Hermione, you know, and I guess my girl was under so much stress and strain with all the stuff she's taking. And then we find out later she's been helping Hagrid and all. She just can't take it anymore. I was like, I can't put up with this. This is a fraud. This is nothing. This, this does not help me. I, I'm getting that flop up out here. And um, you know, and even the her, you know, her even Harry and and Ron, they can't believe what they're seeing because Hermione will just rationalize any teacher, you know, even even Ben's, even any of them. But she can't take Trelawney. It's like, uh uh-uh, uh, this is where I draw the line. The teeth Because there could be no discourse between Trelawney, right? Trelawney isn't inviting discussion. She isn't inviting explanation as to what's happening. She just says, I say this and this is this, right? Like in all of her classes, I think for the teachers that we see her interacting with, besides Snape, um, there is always a running dialogue between her and the teachers Flitwick, mm-hmm. you know, McGonagall. Um, well, I don't know about Hagrid, but, you know, she's always just like, oh, I have to go talk to this professor about mm-hmm. this, et cetera, et cetera. But with Trelawney, Trelawney doesn't invite anything from anyone. You know what I mean? They're like, I, I guess, Lavender and the other girls make property, may go up there and let, you know, Sybil muse and bullshit, right? Like some dead-ass right. tea leaf. And then we later come to find out, you know, like I suspected, Sybil is onto the drink. That's why her ass <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I knew it. I knew it. I was just like, when I was reading about this thing, did you show you in drag? Like, what, like, what are you doing? Like, none of this mm-hmm. makes sense. But, you know, and, and I agree with Hermione because it, it goes back to what I've been constantly talking about. Like, magical education is shit. Like, right. this, this, like, this is happening. Like, this is a place, this is not like, I don't even know, this is not like, um, this is not like a sport where you're like practicing in in this sense, like where you may feel you might be good at it and whatever, you're good enough, you understand. You literally need education in order to function in this world. Like you need the education to do what you're doing, right? Because the rule is that you must transfer a magic to one, one, whatever the case may be. So you need education. I understand that there there is magic beyond the one, and I get that. Potions, I guess muggle studies to a side, the history of magic. Also, um, even like this, um, divination, which is something I think, you know, it's practical and astronomy and all of this kind of thing. But what I do not understand is just like how no one takes this seriously but this one child. Like this one child figured out, like in order for me to survive in this world. And when we would later see when they're out in the world, it is she. It is she alone who's prepared to to, to deal with the world. And I'm just like... Yeah. And none of them, and none of them, and the thing about it, none of them, at no point do they realize, oh my fucking god, I don't even know what to do. Like even in the martial arts kung fu movie and all of the action world, the star figures it out. Like you know, usually it used to be the trope in like kung fu movies, like the star would get his ass kicked and then he gotta go back and train. 
Like here, mm-hmm. it don't happen. Like <laughs> these people get to ask all the time and just like, we're gonna wing it. We're gonna wing it every single time. We ain't dead yet. So hopefully we won't die. I think for so long, their primary focus has been not being seen by the human world, not being detected, not being, um, you know, they have spent so much time hiding um, their world and making sure that they are, you know, they're not exposed, that I think it has really affected um, their ability to to use the resources that they do have to, um, to to really use the power that they have. And I think that's kind of almost allegorical in a lot of ways. I think there is this sense, um, the way we educate kids is that you do have a lot of kids who have like, mm, later for that. And even, you know, they're like, they can't see any reason to getting, to become engaged. But when we see when there is an, op- except for, you know, that rare person that we, at least in the Western world, we demonize, at least in the U.S., I don't know about Britain, um, you're seen as a geek, you're seen as a nerd, if you really kind of, you know, doubling down on learning things. And that somehow or another, you know, if you look at how that trope is played out in our popular entertainment and in other kinds of ways, that's not who we celebrate. That's We don't celebrate that, that person that's, that's busting their their busting their books we just don't celebrate that so i think in a lot of unless ways unless they're hot and, and save the world in some capacity you know what i mean like look at this unless it's yeah. a surprise like legally blonde it's a surprise that she's smart <laughs> you know it's gotta right. be something like that it's never going to be oh this is somebody who has just really put their head to it and they are brilliant and they are just building on that brilliance I mean, we, you know, we used to remember when President Obama, the, the pundits would say, oh, he's so professorial. Like, that was a bad thing, you know? Right. Like, like you know, he, with that whole thing, do I want to have a beer with somebody? I mean, we just don't, we, we celebrate the uneducated, the, uh, the people who are not, uh, who have not put their nose to the grindstone and really bore down on learning stuff. But we this just happens. celebrate it. But this happens so much in the magical world, from even from the very outset, like when we are in right. the magical world, when Harry and Ron's exchange on the train, he's just like, Dumbledore is kind of crazy. Like, he's brilliant, right. but he's kind of crazy. And I'm just like, because as soon as I read the card, I'm like, the 12 uses of dragon blood? Let's, let me find out what, what we can do with dragon blood out here. Like, like I'm just like... I, I don't know. It might be a personal thing because in in, in Caribbean culture, I should say for um, I don't know. Used to be uh, maybe I'm being specific because maybe I am of the class where it was as education is big. But I felt that in and that's not to compare to say one thing or the other. I think it happens a lot in America. Just the same in terms of education being key. Where I felt that education was key because we felt that education was the only way to like get out of a circumstances, like you know, to yeah. move up in class and whatever the case may be. And because we saw for the most part anyone who was anyone in society per se, they had education. They had gone right. away to study, they had done this, you know, like they were smart. But but there is this sort of a but I would say on the flip side of that, we treat education and intelligence, I should say, are the capacity to study as an innate thing 
you start to think, oh, I can't study like this person. Oh, I can't right. do like this person. This person was, this person had a brain. They were born with a brain. And right. it wasn't until like, you know, like years later, I'm just like, studying is a science. Like it, It's a practice. Like there are things you can do to study and study well and be more effective at studying and retain information. But I, I think we, we sort of like, and this is, I think, comes from to Hermione here. It's just like, because one of the first thing Ron says to her when she's interacting with Trelawney is, you're just mad because this is the first thing you're not good at. But here's the right. thing. None of you are like good at it because none of you have done anything. Right. And this is the thing that Hermione keeps pointing out. None of you have said anything. Nothing has happened. It's Trelawney is the only one who's talking in that classroom. She's the only, because right. everyone is saying, do you see anything? They're like, no, we don't see it. And she's like, oh, this is the Graham. This is this. I'm like, oh, you think Neville's going to drop a teacup? It's Neville. He drops everything. Like, <laughs> sweetie, that ain't a prediction. Okay, That's right. not a prediction. <laughs> they, Ray Charles can see that, right? <laughs> exactly. You basically say, the sun will come up tomorrow morning, okay? Like, right. I see that right. fire into the future. It's Neville. You know what I mean? And it's like one of those things where... I, I don't, I mean, I don't expect the book necessarily to solve these problems, but it's just funny how these little things creep into society or creep into our world, and it's accepted as if this is, it is okay for us to feel this way about someone who is doing the thing that needs right. to be done. Because in our society, and in capitalism, as we have it, this is one of the key, like, you know, like, even if you can bounce a ball or sing well, whatever, you better be able to read that contract because the person who will be making the most money went to school. Bill Gates might be a college dropout, but he don't have a college dropout. He don't. He don't. You had better have that MIT certificate or uh, whatever it is to get into work at this company. He's not going to let his board is not filled with college dropouts. Like, and this is the thing that I think I don't understand how the, it's specifically in this world where it's like magic. It's an eight in you to be magical. But it's not in it to work magic that you have to learn and practice it. That right. I keep I keep seeing like every single turn it becomes this thing where everyone is rejecting that notion except this one girl. Like she's well, I mean, I don't know what the other children feel because we don't necessarily see them, but those that we sort of interact with other than Percy, even Percy, right? Oh, Percy's doing too much. Bill was doing too much. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like and it's just like yeah people like how else are they gonna do anything how are, we, how are they gonna get out of the poverty that y'all are facing clearly it is clearly you can't magic yourself out of poverty right because y'all would have been doing it so that's right that's right i don't know what it is going on here but you know it is it is you know food for thought for us as we move along in here so 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 do we like trelawney or we don't like trelawney i think Jenny i like likes to I, I i like to laugh at her <laughs> you yeah. know that's what I, I i i enjoy her character i don't want to say that i like her but i do enjoy her character it adds a little bit of quirkiness that's fun that's all for me i mean one of the things i like about the the trelawney character is is over and over again there are people that we think are for comic relief who wind up being much right. more yeah. Right. And this also goes, she also is a piece of, you know, we know and we find out more and more as we go through the series what a loyal person Dumbledore is and how he takes care 
of people. And, you know, we find out later that, that she is one of them also. So I think her character is bigger than just herself. You know, it's, it's another piece of Dumbledore. But And I I also think, I also think that um, it's another case of misdirection because um, we are made, we are there to to kind of laugh at Trelawney, Mm -hmm. but we find out much later that she is the source of a of something that a whole series turns on. It is right. she, right? It is she. She yeah. mm-hmm. is the one who changes the whole direction of the entire. Right. Yeah. She why 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 we're here? Why Harry Potter is a thing? Um, right. No spoilers yet. We don't spoil the big spoilers. <laughs> but um, I find it. You mentioned loyalty about because. I think that comes up over and over and over again in this book about, you know, Dumbledore. And and in essence, Dumbledore, it, it is this figure that is so looming, but yet we always overlook Dumbledore in a sort of a way. Mm-hmm. Because he basically comes at the beginning, if so much, and mainly at the end, right? Dumbledore mm-hmm. is there with a word. And he becomes this stock figure that we're used to seeing, right? The wise old sage. And then, you know, you just think, it's Dumbledore. Dumbledore's going to say something really smart and quirky, but, you know, <laughs> we're with Harry, right? Like, none of it makes sense, right? Like, it's like, none of it, you know, goes over. Like, if you're trying to even ask the right question, he evades everything, you know, and, mm-hmm. and we and we see this, but we kind of overlook these things. Well, he actually tells us a lot often, but we just don't know what it means until later. Right. You know, so it, it feels like he's evading things, but he really tells us a whole lot. But until you've read the entire series, you don't. You're right. You don't know what he's talking about. You know, and then you go, "Oh, that's what that meant." Yeah. The only thing I would say that, that struck me throughout reading the books, it was that. Dumbledore seemed to have been accessing or had access or has or is accessing information that not everyone is privy to. Like his understanding of the magical world seemed beyond what the the even the other teachers would know. Well, and isn't that what makes him Dumbledore though? That's what makes him, you know, right. the greatest wizard of his time and the one that Voldemort fears the most and i mean he ha- he has this this aura around him this essence of all knowing and this extra power you know it's like he comes in and he just stuff just happens like i mean we see some of the stuff that he does he, and and like you said it's like he he appears out of nowhere like at this quidditch match when the dementors come we don't even really know that Dumbledore's there, but then boom, there he is stopping mm-hmm. Harry from hitting the ground and magicking him, you know, floating he, he, him away. He, he, he and... lets out a Patronus as well. Right. He yeah. Does, he... And it's just but like it's... he just is always there in the right moment. But he but takes you know, charge. About Dumbledore's compromises. Because, in the, you know, Dumbledore, Dumbledore did not want the Dementors. At the school, school. but what he he compromised and allowed them to be outside the grounds, you know, to kind of guard, you know, guard the grounds. And so, you know, he does make compromises. And sometimes, you know, really, when you think about it, you really can't compromise with some with a figure like the Dementors. 
they were no more going to stay where someone told them to stay because they had been really pretty much allowed to do whatever they wanted to do in Azkaban. So, you know, you, you make a compromise, but you've got to know that it's not going to work, that you really can't, you're not keeping these kids safe because the, the, the cure or the, or the security is going to be worse than, than what you're supposed to be working against. So he makes that compromise, and he does it often um, throughout the, the series. And you, like you said, he's got more information. And, and I, I raised the question, is he doing the long game right. to um, just dealing with whatever this particular incident is? I'm going to be will, I'm going to compromise because I've something bigger. I guess I've got my eye on something bigger down the road. He had to know, or, or maybe he didn't know that Sirius was innocent. Maybe he, he thought like everybody else that, um, that, that Sirius was the secret keeper, was still the secret keeper. Well, I, I think if anything, I would assume from what we wanted to know. And again, it, it's funny because there is so much interesting if you consider the whole series there was so much that went on in that very moment, just when Harry is delivered. Just the days that lead up to that day, or just even that day. That so much happened. And that we just didn't even ask those kind of questions. <laughs> in the same no. thing. Serious no. bikes. Oh, serious black right. gave me the bike. And there's so much was happening. And we find out that so much information, so much like really important details went on. And then, mm-hmm. and the thing about it is just that everyone had that information anyway, and everyone could have understood what was happening at the same time. And right. I just think it's um, he. From I might be defending him here, but you know, we did we we do know that Hogwarts is not necessarily safe. But I think that is a point that he brings up all the time. I think it would come up subsequently in the next book, where he is trying to tell the magical world we are not safe. That safety, right. in essence, is basically by what we are doing. I think he's making the calculation that he thinks that, if anything, he is able to do something about the Dementor. He himself, right? That he right. can, that his magic and his teachers probably can fight back in some regards and whatever the case may be. The trust that you're talking about, Janina, that all he trusts and his loyalty is in his staff. That he yeah. trusts yeah. his staff to to save kids, if anything. Because even if we go back to uh, book one with Hermione and Quirrell, right? Hermione was just like, oh, I set Snape things on fire. And Quirrell was just like, oh, no, girl, you knocked me over. That's why I didn't Harry. <laughs> Snape was trying to save Harry. Yeah, like, you know yeah, what I mean? right. And, and we do but we all that. thought it was him, you know, at first read, right? Yeah. You, you for sure thought, what is he doing to Harry, you That's know? That was too obvious for me. That was too obvious. Oh, I, I believed it. I, I bought into it, it 100%. I was just like, girl, Snape, Snape the, the evil y'all kind of claimed Snape trying to be Snape. Don't snap you up, little, little girl. Like, your blue flames ain't got shit. But I think... um. That is when I think he is, that is the calculation I imagine that he is making. Because we we will come to realize that he is very much aware. Well, he cannot ignore the clear and present day drive to school, right? Twice Voldemort got in there. Twice. Mm-hmm. And so I think he is making certain sort of calculation, but Voldemort is still 
and moms, and we realize that Voldemort isn't just a boogeyman for students. Voldemort is a boogeyman for people out in the real world, right? right? That right. you know he's this right. boogeyman, like oh my god. So he cannot necessarily say anything because of the panic and alarm, but he has to be assured, I think, in his re- in his mind that you know what, it's the Mentos. I am Dumbledore. I can handle them. You know what I mean? I am able to conjure Patronus. I think all of my staff is able to conjure Patronuses. And we can deal with that situation. And I'm assuming might be making that the school might have some sort of a magical thing to detect. Because I think as soon as they attempt to come onto the pitch, he was right there to 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 sing it. Mm-hmm. But I think the calculation that no one is took into account or was aware is the effect it would have on Harry. I think that is the only odd thing about the whole situation. Everyone is affected, that is true, but no one is affected in quite the particular way that Harry is, right? Because that is the thing that is making everyone just like, oh, he faints. I don't understand what what is happening here. So I have a question about that. Mm -hmm. I feel like this, this is a little bit of a hole in the story. Um, Harry is affected by the Dementors, you know, clearly in a way that other people are not, because he's got this horrific thing that happened to him. And then we also learn later, like we discussed, that this isn't truly his memory that he's hearing when the Dementors approach him. But we have other students in the school. Like, what about Neville? He lost his parents to something in... I don't want to say that it's worse that they didn't well, they die, weren't necessarily, but, it, but but they weren't but present. You see, this is the unique thing. But this is, I think, the unique thing. I think that is supposedly. Well, I, I'm going to go back to like Oliver Twist, right? In the fact that Dickens make this point to make Oliver special. We don't necessarily understand why. I mean, yes, we understand in this case in Harry Potter that Harry is special because of certain circumstances, right? But into why he is so singular, why he has is burdened with this much burden and the burden manifests itself in this way. Because you are right, other children would have been present because I think the, the fact that she might point out Neville wasn't present when his parents were tortured, right? They were, right. but um, we would like to believe that's the case. But mm-hmm. Harry was present, right? And what about Luna? What about Luna's right. mom? How Luna's did she? Mother, I don't exactly. remember how she died, but you know she's, she died in an accident. The mother was a was a brilliant scientist, medical scientist, no matter what. And she went to farthing one of her own experiments or something. Or yeah. I just feel like I mean I get it, but I just feel like it would have it would have made more sense that if other students, students had a more. It didn't have to be as extreme as Harry, but more extreme than others say ron who hasn't experienced anything and says i just felt sad but there are other people who have more sadness in them if i'm understanding dementors right because it seems like you know that's what they feed on they make you they make you re-experience your worst emotions Mm -hmm. so i feel like there it would have been better if some of the other students who we know have had tragedies in their life were affected on a, a 
on different levels. So we should have had like maybe a Hermione in Iran who we don't know of tragedy in their life do just have that feeling of sadness, but maybe, you know, they don't pass out. And then maybe another level where, I don't know, you're like a little bit woozy. Like there, I just felt like there should have been stages. Yeah. I, I think, I think this is, this is, this is JK Rowling again, singularly pointing out that Harry is so unique. Yeah. Right. That he has to be like an overly sympathetic character here because Harry is someone, like we pointed out last time around, is having a memory of his parents' death. I think that he's not supposed to be able to see or remember. Right, right. Right? Mm-hmm. But he right, not only right. gets point by point, like the literal details of the um of the murder, right? Because because here's how I'm gonna prove it, people are gonna tell me it's not true. He can't hear what's happening downstairs. He's taken upstairs in the crib, right? Mm-hmm. But he's aware of details that's happening downstairs. And so this is happening. He then moves to a family who we don't even need to go. I mean, the abuse of everyone within that household is astronomical. Like, you just think, Jesus Christ, I'm surprised he hasn't slid down through that night. I know Voldemort would have. I'm telling you, Dudley. Oh my God, he would have kept you alive just to torture you every single day. Like he would have been, but you know. So I think it, it is to continually point that Harry has the most burden in their magical world. It doesn't right. make any sense that one child should singularly be so burdened, right? Because you are again, you're absolutely right. Other people should have. It didn't even need to be parents. That it is impossible that we, we live. We live in the world. We know our colleagues, our co-workers, our, our, our friends, our classmates, whatever. Sometimes they go through tremendous amount of tragedy. They may have seen their parents die. They may have been molested. They have been, you know, witness to a robbery or some crazy nonsense. You know what I mean? That impact them. You know, like I know people who just didn't talk after a while. You know what I mean? And all this kind of thing. So you, you so people, two people are going with, with trauma. But what they're trying to say, it's only Harry. That Harry has faced, because there is, as far as we are aware at this point, right? As far as we don't even fully, and it's, in essence, it's never really explained, actually. Um, the, the explanation, but there's no full-on explanation, is, is, is that Harry survives the killing curse. That the most meanest, baddest man in town went to kill a child. He, we believe at this point, we... Folks believe that he wasn't the target, right? He just wanted to be like, hmm, let's kill the baby and be done with it. Let's get the trio. That he survived a triple homicide and he alone is carrying all of this burden. And this is what I'm saying. The magical world has no solution for any mental issues. For mental yeah. trauma, they got nothing. It's just like, even, even just that, even just knowing that this is happening to a student, they're going to be like, yeah, the mentals can still exist. That there is a thing that can drop your worst memory, and that is the punishment? That is the punishment. Because the other thing, too, that the mentors are supposed to drain your powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And not only that, the Dementors, you know, um, remember that the, the, the ultimate thing that Dementors, the Dementors kiss was that you would be left without a soul. You would yeah. be left out, you know, any kind of thing that would keep, make you uh, a functioning uh, part of the human world. Remember, Sirius says he's able to avoid that by when he would transform into a dog, 
and the dog being not as high a form as a human would the, the mentors would leave him alone because that was no fun for them right so you have this so you know we see why and Sirius understands that he has to have a strategy against them and he says the one thing that kept me going was I know I wasn't I wasn't guilty of what I was in there for and that's the one thing that kept him going and kept and his him his name is Sirius Black oh JK you are so heavy handed with these allegories girl yes so oh, heavy handed yeah. <laughs> absolutely life. There is a man who is, who in essence we would find out never really gets his freedom, but that's a whole other conversation. But so we're on to the point where we're basically getting into the coup de grace, the climax at this point. So we have all of this drama basically leading up to the final showdown in the Shuriken Shrek, where Crookshank is allegedly, had a jelly, allegedly kill. Scabbers, you know, you know, right. scratched him, took his um, left blood, whatever. We find out Buckbeak is, Buckbeak is on his way to be executed. And the children are all feeling helpless now. Because basically Buckbeak is about, is executed. And, you know, it seems unfair that Malfoy has yet again caused some malicious, unwanted death and energy, you know, just for fun. Because I don't like Hagrid. And we find out that as as we are leaving that scene, we do have this situation where Ron is basically kidnapped, and of course Harry and Hermione goes after Ron, and they end up in the Shrieking Shrek. They realize underneath the Whomping Willow, which we found in the second book, there is a basically a long tunnel leads to the Shrieking Shrek, and there we find that the dog is not a dog, but is actually Sirius Black. And Hermione yet again, she's just like, the fuck? Uh-uh, you can't be on the mangas. I did the homework, people. <laughs> You're not on the list. You're not on the list. And Lupin shows up, and then we find out that we find out this rather interesting thing, going back to Janina's point about loyalty, that due to loyalty, Harry's father and his friends, um, Sirius and Peter Pettigrew, uh, decided to turn into Animagus by their fifth year at school, unbeknownst to the ministry, unbeknownst to anyone, as a matter of fact. Now, y'all tell me y'all can find out magical traits, but y'all can't find out people turning into animals? All right. All right, magical <laughs> world. Y'all do, like, y'all priorities is all over the place. All over the place. But okay, we're going to go with that. In order to loop in who is a werewolf, we find out this bit of information that Hermione, again, has done the homework. And realize that Lupin is, in fact, a werewolf. Because what he's most scared of is the full moon. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go back to that plot point. Because there's something wrong. There's a hole in that whole plot point. But, um, and they tell this story. And they're like, Ron is just like, Ron said something I thought was funny. They're like, Scabbers is not Scabbers. Scabbers is actually a man. And Ron is just like, I have slept with that man in my bed and I was just like hello that needs to be addressed at some point that right. for like years a man has been sleeping in bed with children <laughs> I mean albeit as a rat but I mean like, <laughs> it's not okay but anyway Ron is trying to deal with that trauma 
Snape's rolling, and again, we see long-standing bullshit carrying on, because Snape's just like, I don't want to hear shit. You right. just like, I wanted to find you, Sirius. I wanted to find you, because I wanted to be the one to put you down. And the magical map again, magical concealment, so Snape doesn't see, because the Shrieking Track is not on the map. The road to the Shrieking Track is on the map. Snape doesn't see what's happening. We realize all of this is happening. Children knock Snape the fuck out. They were like, bitch, grown folks are talking here. We ain't got time for this petty. <laughs> but, but I think at the point Snape comes in, Lupin has, has made enough of a case that um, things are not what Harry and the others think. Right. And they, at that point, you know, they really want to hear what he has to say. And then Snape busts in. And he's going to undo everything that's happened in the last few minutes by just, you know, rounding up everybody and marching them back to the castle. And I think they impulsively um, cast, you know, basically attack Snape and knock him out. So they really, you know, Harry is desperate to hear the story. Right. He is desperate to find out as much as he can about you know, if there's any doubt about who really was responsible for his for his parents' death, he wants to know. And so I think that impulse to know um, and to find out you know, that deep-seated part of himself that's been hidden from him for so long is what causes that impulse. Well, he needs information about his parents, right? Because it is the thing that no one really gives him. Right. right? The, people, the, the, the most we are talking about Harry's parents it's in the past tense, of course, but it is their last moment on Earth. We talk right. about Harry's parents, right? Like, this said, you know, like, no one, I think there is a scene where I thought it would have been different for Harry, where their parents' friends send in these pictures. But the parents' friends don't look for Harry. You know what I mean? That no one comes to be like, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't know. But if, I, you know. I think a lot of that was at Dumbledore's insistence. You know, Dumbledore said he wanted, this, he wanted him to grow up without the magical world, mm-hmm. the, the burden of being Harry Potter. You know, he and I think that once again, we make this compromise. He had to know what the Dursleys were like. And he, he decided that that was still better than bringing this kid, you know, into the magical world when everybody is still fresh off the trauma of Voldemort and, and we finally, we just barely escaped his tyranny that and due to this little boy, that it would be better to him for him not to be in that, to, for some some time to pass before he comes back into that world. And so that's again another Dumbledore compromise because he he knew that Harry wasn't going to be nurtured. He knew he wasn't going to be taken care of the way he should be. So he once again makes that compromise, and I think he kept Harry's all those friends away from contacting Harry or checking on Harry because he was, okay, we're going to just leave him time to grow up and then we'll bring him back into, into where he belongs. But I mean, I, again, I, I hear you, Deb, and I, you're right. It's about these compromises, but I mean, like, it is the continual inflicting of this kind of trauma onto this child. Right. Like, you know, I mean, this child is he's he's about to sit in a room and get messages from a werewolf 
I'm a serial killer, basically a mass murderer about just right. the care information about his parents. Just yeah. think about yeah. that. Just think about that. He attacked the teacher. I'll be, I mean, like, he would attack that teacher any chance he get. But it right. might mean like Hermione attacked the teacher because I think she in that moment and Ron is dealing with his own trauma, right? So they all attack Snake for many reasons, right? Hermione right. wants to get Harry that information because she realized something isn't right here, right? Because right. Right. all that she has studied, right? That one, mm-hmm. you became an animal, I guess? Like, Gamma trying to control a werewolf? Like, like what? This was happening in school? Like, this is... Kill a date? Y'all were reckless. Yeah. This is, this is beyond yeah. you. This is recklessness. Because the thing about it is just that Lupin was safe inside the Shrieking Shack. That was safety. He couldn't come out from in there. Right? Right. That they came out... And he, they got him out of in there because that was the thing. He was supposed to go in there, be whatever, then mm-hmm. try and come back, and someone would get him in whatever case of me. But right. they were like, and Ron is just like, y'all are trying to tell me my fucking rant is a man. Like <laughs> what? Like, I need to hear this story, Snape. I don't give a shit what you coming in here right, for. Right. Like somebody, we, we, they're all those children at this point in different ways. In some regards, demanding some kind of justice. That adults have been holding on and holding on to information. That something is happening because you realize how they even find out that Sirius and James were friends. They overheard this in a place where they shouldn't. Harry shouldn't have right. been. Shouldn't have you been. You know what I mean? And it, it's just this thing where adults are just continually withholding information from um, this child and inflicting more trauma onto the child. So then he has to seek out because you mean like. He doesn't have a lot of information most pair people have, right? He doesn't right. know where his father, even though his father went to school, he doesn't know his father's friends. He just wanted anything. What was his father like? Because yeah. he don't even remember what his father, you know what I mean? That's basically what he's trying to find out. And this, so all of this is, we're at this point where all of this information is about to come out. And then we find out Peter Pettigrew, Scabbard is really Peter Pettigrew. I remember right. I was reading, I was just like, what the fuck? And I knew it. I was just like, this. there was something dodgy about this rat from the dump. First of all, I don't know why I have a rat, because it don't do anything, right? I right. mean, it don't and do anything. It was handed down from Percy. So, you know, remember, it was handed down because at the time Pettigrew would have, would have disappeared, Ron was the same age, just a few months older than Harry. Remember? So this had this rat was first with Percy, and then when when um, Percy was passed the rat down to Ron. So this rat has been, you know, just kind of, and I I get the impression, and maybe that you know I don't know where I get this from, but that when people go to sleep or when it's safe, that he would turn back into himself, or that he would he he wouldn't just stay a rat for the whole however many Ooh, years. Deb, oh, really? I don't, I, I don't want to think that. I don't want to think that there because that is so uncomfortable. I've never even considered that. Not in the bed, but you know, just when he wants to, you know, be a a human. You know, I think he probably goes someplace else. He might disappear. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Not that he would stay there, but that he would go off, um, you know, and be be who he wants to be, so to speak. And then when he, this is his safe place. He scurries back there. Um, you know, and I would imagine there would be times if Ron would reflect that maybe there were a couple of days he didn't see Scabbers, but he's at home 
and he's not even thinking about it. You know, he's just oh here's Scabbers or whatever, and he's oh he's oh here he comes back. Well, and Scabbers I, was recently given to him, you know. Yeah. I think he said Scabbers was recently yeah. given to him when he was at, when he was about to go to Hogwarts. Scabbers was always in Percy, and I don't think Percy really cared about Scabbers, right? No. Like. No. If, Scab- if, if Scabbles was missing for a couple of days, Percy wasn't looking for him. And he and probably by the time, you know, it gets to be that point where he's going to go back to Hogwarts, um, Scabbers or Peter Pettigrew, that he realizes that he's got to stay a rat because he's going to go back to Hogwarts. He's really mm-hmm. going to be, you know, too easily identifiable. Um, you know what? Rat. One thing that's weird that, you know, possible hole again Mm -hmm. so george and fred have had the map for quite some time the rat has been at hogwarts since before ron you would think because it was when ron went to hogwarts but didn't he who did he belong to he belonged to percy Percy. but maybe Percy didn't even take him with him Percy uh-huh. didn't. Do we know that? Okay, because that always bothered me. But know. even so, because but not, even not all so, students is, brought an animal to school. Right. True. Don't even Percy took him. Right. However, this is this is my point. Even if Percy didn't take him, this is year three for Ron. Right. He should show up. He should have showed up on the map. He should have showed up on the map before now. And they should have known that it was Peter. They know they know that name. In the Wizarding World, they know who Peter Pettigrew is. We've already established that. We learned right. that. So why is he... Why did George and Fred never see him on the map? I wonder, does the, do they show up under, under your real name if you're an Animagus? Yeah. Um, it does, yeah, it yeah. happens in this book, yeah. Yeah. There is, there is no magical well, That's how Lu- Lupin said I didn't believe it myself until I saw Petey, Peter Pettigrew on the map. And he was he was a rat until they transformed him back. Right. So, yes. Right. Yes, so that's true. But, you know, the thing of it is, too, is Peter Pettigrew had to know about the map, too, because he's part of the Marauders. He, he made, helped make it, correct. Right. He's part of the Marauders. So that, Marauders that part doesn't really work. I mean, it's okay, whatever, but... You know, if you really want to dig deep and, and that doesn't work at all. That doesn't fly with me because right. we should have known about him before now. We just should have. He's a known name in the wizarding world. We know that you show up on the map as a rat. We know that you've been there for three years. We know that George and Fred use this map regularly. He should have right. shown up. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But well, you know, this, is, this is the thing. Even you can't even hide under like a invisible cloak. No, because you can be seen under. In the, you in can invisible. be seen from the map. So this is one of the things right. that I thought was rather interesting. That maybe, um, I guess she might. There is no explanation because, well, I guess they might. You know, they're not looking. They're not really care because they're leaving the dormitory area, right? They're not checking <laughs> for who is in the dormitory area. They're checking for everywhere else on the map. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, they, they are. Know that area is safe. So maybe that is going to be the um in the thir- whatever year they move and go to. But, I don't like it. I mean, <laughs> yes. The, 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 again, goes back to underscore the point. And for me, and for me, it was like, oh, okay, they should have seen it, but I never really thought, you know, I I thought it was kind of a um. Wouldn't wouldn't make total sense, but it wasn't anything that kind of took me out of the story. No, um, it's just a hole. Yeah, and there, you know, when you're when you're dealing 
dealing with the kind of world building that we're talking about here, there are going to be a whole lot of holes. So, you know, that seemed like a smaller one as the as holes go. But um, I think it was really so I think that that it was when Dumbledore realized because um, he didn't know about them being animagus and he didn't know um, he still and I'm assuming, as I asked earlier, he must have still thought that um, Sirius was the secret keeper mm-hmm. until and but he must have had his suspicions because he he was quick to buy the to understand the story of what had really happened. Mm-hmm. So he must have, you know, he he wasn't he wasn't as crazy um, to say, oh, that's not possible, as everybody else was. He had, had some suspicions that 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 he must that there must have been that change in who uh, who the secret keeper was. Well, I think he says something along the lines that nothing else made sense, right? Because right. the children would say. The children, you can. I think. I think there's some things in magical world you can't bring the dead back, right? So right. If Peter, and they never found a body. They just found a toe, right? right? So, or a finger, finger, something of that nature, right? He says mm-hmm. it explains all of his um situation about coming to why he was at um why he was heading to Hogwarts, and Harry's still alive. That if his real intention was to kill Harry. Harry would be dead already, right? Like he had ample opportunity to kill Harry. That would have been explained. And I think also for me, again, I keep saying no death eaters can label Sirius as being part of the, the organization. Right. right? So to me, so I, I because we learned that Dumbledore was at all the trials, right? right. He went to all of the trials. He right. had conversation he even provided evidence for some that no one would have mentioned Sirius's name you know so I think for him I think he said something along the lines that it explained a lot like a lot of things were happening that didn't seem to make sense but this makes sense at this point because because, prior to that the, the whole wizarding world was so desperate to have an um an answer for yeah. what happened or for different aspects of what happened in that particular case that they didn't even need it to make sense needed for it to make sense they were just willing to say oh it was serious black he turned on his friends and um he is part of dumbledore he was part of dumbledore's whole crowd and so we throw him in azkaban and whew, we're all done with that and mm-hmm. i see you know, you see the same thing happening now people won't even don't even want to get the full facts. They just want us answer. So we could shut that door and move on to quote unquote normalcy. When there is no normalcy, normalcy. There is no such thing. And there's certainly no such thing. So they wouldn't even so they wouldn't. I think remember when 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 um Sirius gets away, Snape likes to lose his mind. <laughs> so much that crazy fudge is like Man, it's slightly unhinged. Like, you know, he's like, calm down, Severus. You know, yeah. and he's mad too because he's gonna look like, oh my God, here's the the once again the ministry is gonna be all on the carpet because we let we let a crazy criminal get away. But even he is not as upset as Snape is. 
Snape just about loses his mind, and he's he's a spit slime. Everything's happening because <laughs> he is losing his mind. He thought he had them. He thought he had that whole crew of them. James is dead. We have to worry about him. I thought I had the main. He wasn't even worried about Peter. All of them is going to be eliminated, right? Yes. Yes, and right now the two main ones I wanted to see under the ground are are Lupin and Sirius, and somehow they. So only one I can do is I can f with with Lupin and make him lose his job, but I can't do anything about Sirius who has gotten away. Well, and he loses his mind. Well, you know he has, um, we would see this in book six. I don't think he ever felt that Pettigrew was uh, competition. He's, right. It's the trio. He's it's on. Lupin. He's, he's, it's he Lupin. sees Pettigrew as a hanger on. Yes. Right. It's, it's Lupin, Sirius, and James. Uh, the ringlet. They are the three. problem. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They are the brilliant ones. They right. are the ones that he is... He is unmatched. He can't outmatch them in marks in school. They play and, Quidditch. And in sports, yes. You know what Games I mean? So, and yeah. so you you can see that that in one fell swoop he was going to get rid of everyone. But you know, now that we're here, the cat's out of the bag with the story. I have to go back to Deb's favorite secondary character, Lupin. Lupin yes. in one day, basically in less than twenty-four hours, like forty-eight hours. He lost his whole friends, his group of friends. Yeah. They are gone, dusted, and he's left by himself. I think he lost them twice because he thought, you know, he thought, um, and he was, he thought that what everybody else had thought that right. Sirius had turned on James in order to, for you know, for Voldemort to be in Voldemort's circle, um, that Pettigrew was dead. Um, so he thought, you know, he, so, but he had come to grips with it. You know, and he's thinking about his own guilt because they were animagus for him. And he has got his own thing to deal with. And then he loses the, when he, he realizes when Sirius comes back and he loses them all over again. So he has to he has to suffer that loss again. Um, and I think being older and more reflective as a man, it probably hurts worse this time. I, for me, I mean, I think Lupin is given undue burden. And similar to Harry, yeah. though, you know, yeah. that there is yeah. a man that he yeah. has to live with so much. This curse of being a werewolf and right. these uncontrollable urges. And, you know, to lose your friends for the first time in your life. People who are like, we don't give a shit, you're a werewolf. We got you. Right. We got you. And this is something we realize that the magical world don't say to anybody. Apparently anyone, unless we're like, yeah, we want you to come along as a werewolf because we want you to kill people. And even when they have you there, there is contempt for these people, for such persons. Um, we see it in book six and seven, you know, that there is a slight contempt for even werewolf, even when you're on the even when you're letting them roam free and be murderous. Um but for me, I, I you know Lupin always struck me like, oof, god damn. In the seventh book, I don't want to get ahead of yourself. And Harry sees him and he's just like, oh, I didn't want you to die. I'm just like, oh, I had feelings. I had feelings. <laughs> I was just like, this you're is, right. This is, a, this is breaking news. Reels had feelings. I was just like, this is so unfair. Well, like, you can't help it. I mean, Lupin does feel like 
you know, you know, everybody's like, oh yeah, Harry's got a lot of bird, but Lupin, you Lupin know, is a tragic character. The tragic. He is. And he is not sitting around like Snape, like everybody done, like somebody done somebody wrong song all the time. He mm-hmm. is basically going to get on with life as much as he can, even with his patched up robes and his, you know, run over bag and whatever else he's got going on. He's going to try to do the best he can. But, you know, you do feel this tremendous tragedy with him as a character. And for him, unlike, you know, when he sees Harry and he sees James. In a lot of ways, because he tells, you know, you look because he recognizes that the Harry looks so much like James, but he is not bitter and he has every reason to be embittered. Right. Yeah. And but yet he is not. And he is and he's got the, a far worse circumstance than Snape has. And um, so I always felt for him. I just felt that he was just such an interesting character. And then he he took it upon himself to teach Harry. And even at the end, when he says, I'm most proud of all you've learned. Um, and he, you still, he can think about somebody else, despite, you know, I'm packing because once again, somebody let my secret out. Um, <laughs> and so I've got to get up, I've got to pack up my stuff and move on. But um, he, he just is a kind of a person character that you can see he is so, um, he has so much going for him in terms of his. Of, of his humanity that um, he's such in stark contrast to people like Snape. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's matured, unlike, and we'll talk about Sirius and f- further down books, because right. Sirius, basically, well, Sirius I is mean, a problem, as far as I'm concerned. Right. But, um, I mean, I hear you, but I would say that, but isn't it, because Lupin has, I don't, you're right, he's not bitter, but I'm trying to find the right word. He's burdened, that is true, but it's like, I cannot even put into words the, the tremendous amount of sorrow that this man is carrying around with him. Sorrow for his, just his own particular circumstances yeah. and his inability to love. Do you know what I mean? Like, he yeah. cannot, you know, like, you know. Dare not. He dare, dare not. not. You know, you, you think that that becomes an issue later on. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Just cohabitating with another wizard is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um there is just the whole living through life, trying to find a living. I mean, this man is like, I don't even know if he doesn't have time to be bitter because he can't even walk through his sorrows. Yeah. You know, losing your friends, you know what I mean? Um, Just at the moment when, you know what I mean? These are people, I mean, like, I know we talk about friendship, you know, and how good friends you have, but I mean, words cannot really express the type of friendship that he would have had with I mean, unfortunately, Peter Pettigrew, but you know what I mean? And, and right. even Peter Pettigrew, that within all of this, that they were showing, because these people are loyal. I mean, yeah. like, Dumbledore loyalty, these people are just like, no. I mean, like, because we we saw this situation here where um, they all believed in the friendship, that they were like, we can switch this, right? Mm-hmm. They would come after me, right? And I know I can handle my own, right? I know that would be the first target. But no one will look to this line. And they were like, oh, James didn't say anything. Because Dumbledore said, let me be the secret keeper. And James said, no, I trust my friends. Because Dumbledore mm-hmm. knew someone was a traitor. And this is the kind of loyalty that, that, that 
all of this was taken away from Lopez. Because I mean, in just like just like that. No explanation. He had no um what's the word I'm gonna say? Um resolution, I guess, but you know like No, he didn't like, really. It just didn't have it. Did none of this and, and who can you talk to? Who can you explain? The magical world got nothing for this. Madam Pomfrey does not. Only thing Madam Pomfrey got is chocolate and some That's sleeping right. potion. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Get chocolate and go to bed. That's it. Right. Because but it's so interesting. It's so interesting that as much as, as Snape hates him, you know, he makes the wolf the wolf's bane potion. And, you know, he he watches him. You know, when he remember he brings it whilst while Lupin is having a conversation with Harry. And, um, you know, Harry is so, cons- he just hates Snape so much. He He's wants to knock, like, knock I, I love knock, that part. Out of his hand. He's a like, don't drink it from that motherfucker. He's like, right. And Lupin is very, I, I, I listened to this, and so I could, this was really, the voice is really in my head. He's very like, okay, I'm going to drink it. And then he drinks it, it's like, ugh. You know, but you know, it's like I'm really lucky because not many people can do that, make this potion. But you know, Professor Snape is, you know, has the ability to do it, and so you know, I'll be better. But um, you know, Harry is like, I wanted to reach over there and snatch <laughs> not that potion. <laughs> Isn't it funny how when they get angry, they it always turns physical. It's never I'm gonna that, curse and I, you. And I noticed that. No. I noticed that. It's true. No. They just get pissed off and they're like, I'm gonna whoop your ass. Yes, I wanna just whip it. I just wanna snatch that potion. Because he just <laughs> knew, didn't trust Nate to help nobody. <laughs> Much less a teacher he has struck up a friendship with, or you know, that kind of thing. So I just love that whole scene in, in the book. But Lupin is like, you know, oh, okay, I'm just gonna drink my potion and I'll be good. But but you know, he doesn't drink it that night, that night in the that everything happens in the Shrieking Shack because he's distracted by Peter Pettigrew seeing his name on the map. And he runs out of there without drinking the potion, which, you know, doesn't end well for anybody. But, um, yeah, but Lupin but is... not crazy because the, the potion is... You're supposed to be drinking the potion all the way up to the day, right? And it's like you miss a day, it becomes really problematic because you don't just drink the potion the night off. You, I think someone explained earlier that you're supposed to be drinking the potion two weeks up to the um, the thing. And it seems like once you are in, I don't know, it's very dodgy as to right. why he's always sick because he shouldn't be absent, right? He could no, be no, turned he in. turns into a wolf, but he doesn't. He he doesn't attack. It keeps him calm. He transforms every month, which is why he disappears. But he doesn't attack. It like he says that drinking the potion allows him to transform and stay peaceful, so he can curl up in his office and be alone. That's what the potion does. Yes, but the potion isn't. But he's okay in the daytime, though. He's not supposed to be missing class. Of course, he's missing class. He's a wolf. He turns no, into the werewolf. No, he's only the werewolf at night. Only at night? Yes, because he was perfectly fine in the Shrieking Shack is when they come outside and the moonlight hit him. That's when he turned into the wolf. Because he, d- I don't know. I don't know if I'm... And the know. very next day he was normal. That's what That's what it is. Because remember, they're like looping nose and they, and, 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 um, 
what's his name said it doesn't matter Lupin is running around in the forest right right because you know what right. I mean but you only get one 24-hour cycle of a true It's full not moon. a 24-hour cycle. It is the night. Because the next morning, Lupin is there. Well, the moon is not visible. When the moon is not, the moon is not, it's, it's at night he turns into a werewolf. Okay. It's not during the day. So this is why I'm surprised he's missing class. So. I swear, he, I, we're going to have to look at that because I swear he says. I transform, yeah, he does and I that. just go lay. Right, he's calm. Right, I think so. Whatever this wolfbane portion is doing, it is basically diminishing the ag- aggression in his body. That is that is so much it's doing. But this is supposed to only happen at night, though, because he's in the shrieking shack, being a human being, and and in fact, he does have his ment, he does have his mental. Um, faculties of, yeah, of yeah. with him as a wolf because Hagrid is able to have a conversation with him and say did you kill anything because Hagrid assumed Buckbeat was killed by, right. by the werewolf and he said no I didn't eat anything so JK girl this black cauldron got some questions your magical theory <laughs> is dropping <laughs> you know but um, so it gets us to the uh, we find out so we, we are all get into the whole we find out the whole secret in the drama and Peter Pettigrew is begging for forgiveness let me tell you something I was with Sirius Sirius is just like how dare you how dare you beg this child for forgiveness the audacity and it, it, it's so funny like the sense of loyalty and trust keep coming up again and it's such a it's one of those I don't, I don't want to say throwaway points that J.K. Rowling it's a thing that she doesn't seem to be focusing on. She is literally focusing on, right? It is like the friendship, the, the drama that's happening with it. There is so much. This Harry Potter isn't even so much so about the situation that's happening unfolding in front of us, as opposed to the drama that has been unfold before we even get to Harry, right? <laughs> it's just every goddamn week we're in this book. There is some drama that happened before we even knew <laughs> shit was going on. And it's so prominent within this book. But that scene always struck me. You know, that when Sirius goes to Pedigree and just like, sir, like, how you are scum. You literally, because we all knew what was going to happen, right? That Peter had to have known that, Dumb- that, that Voldemort made it abundantly clear that he was going to kill these people, right? That he has been looking for these people and it's to murder. Whether we knew it was a child, whatever the case may be. And you caused this child this much. And Peter, more than anybody else, would have heard Harry talking about all of the... You understand what I'm saying? He would have been aware of more information than I think anyone was aware of, right? Because they're constantly talking. He might not hear all of the conversation. might be hearing bits and pieces of the conversation. He knows. He knows Voldemort was in that school basically twice before. Mm-hmm. And you know, now Voldemort was driven out of this school. And no, but he's keeping it going. Like, he's just like, I'm opportunist, right? I'm just doing this for the power. I'm just doing what I can get. So that was, listen to me. This is why when people talk about evil, I know evil don't have any conscience. They will do anything they can do as long as they can get it done. Like, you know, if they can't do it. Until he really, until he was, until he had certainty that Voldemort was actually going to be able to come back into his power, he stayed on out the way. He wasn't Mm -hmm. trying and then Voldemort even tells him that, even says that to him later. 
you know, you weren't trying to track me down. You just showed up when you realized, oh, he's back. He's back, and, and he's going to No, 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 no. His friends, there was no, because he has the, oh, um, yes. yes, Pettigrew has a dangerous body, right? So that might right. be one of the reasons why we I think we asked the question earlier today, why he may have transformed, transformed someplace else. I don't know mm-hmm. if he can, if he could have. It wasn't safe for him to transform. Because anyone who sees Peter Pettigrew knows that they got something completely wrong. Mm-hmm. Something right. is completely wrong here. And that's what we will find out in book four. Like, you know, what's the drama behind of that? That he is a known, he is a story, right? Because apparently people don't kill 13 people at the same time. Apparently Voldemort is going off, knocking off people one at a time. Woo! The magical world, right? Thank God they don't have semi-automatic wands, right? Because... That's why, you know, the, 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 the narrative about Sirius killing circles at 13 people with one blow yeah. or whatever, yeah, you know, that, with a curve. that has great um, resonance because, you know, you kill that many people at one time. Wow. Wow. You know, right. that's really unique. But and that's um, muggles. And that's muggles, really, right? You, you, just, you just decided to get to one man you were... You were going after one man, and you basically obliterated him into smithereen, oh, leaving a thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, you just like, and we find out it wasn't it wasn't Sirius who did that. <laughs> it was Peter. Peter was right. Like, that kind of callous. I'm just like, goddamn, Peter, you right. are really scum. Like you could have right. just do a puff of smoke or something. But you decided, nah, we can't go with this. We can't go through this in grand style. We're going to tell everybody, you know, that this is nothing. But apparently magic doesn't have any way to find out if someone was a secret keeper or not. Not to say that they find out who the secret keeper is, but if such a spell had happened, because it had to have been in someone's wand, right? For our incantatum, right? We can find out what were the last of the spells that were performed. What's in, you know, hear me doing our forensic files, you know, magical wall ain't got time for any of that. They just, we're well, going to see you know, what we're going to see. We're going to do what we're going to do. We got serious and we just not even going to, we just got our man. We're not even going right. to, <laughs> to get the wand and see if we can figure out if he, if he actually had that spell um, or, you know, if it had been checked or if he had been, tra- had been transferred. So we not even we just got our man and we just gonna lock him up in Azkaban and you know uh, wipe our hands of it because we just want this chapter closed. We want a return to normalcy, which I if I hear that phrase one more time, yeah, I will lose my mind. But um, <laughs> that's what that's what we want. So we're just and fortunately, you know, Sirius who had lost his mind, he's just he's just laughing. So he won't even talk about it. So we're just take we're just gonna round him up and take him to Azkaban and throw him in there. So we're not even gonna deal with that. What I thought was interesting about that is that they they have mentioned that you know muggles don't see anything and we know this in real life, right? Eyewitnesses accounts are not necessarily reliable. Right. They're not reliable. They're not always reliable, and yet they they took the word of all the muggles, right? The muggles said this man did something. And this is what we're going to believe. And that we, we know there are literally ways we can find out if this thing actually happened. And none of that apparently even happened, right? We got Sirius no. Black and he's going to lock up in jail. So Because already Voldemort is gone. So right. the biggest threat, our biggest threat is gone. 
And so we're just going to be in the process of rounding up as many, you know, Death Eaters or people who are rumored to be a part of him. Um, and we're not going to ask any questions. So we're just going to, so we've got, my, my grandmother used to have a saying, if somebody, if it was a group of kids and we were getting in trouble, she said, I'm going to get the right one and the wrong one. It was like, everybody is going to be caught. Um, whether you were a part of this or not, because, you know, that's just what I'm doing right now. So I think they were in that mode. We're just going to take anybody that um, we're going to believe any story that helps us to close that chapter. And that's what they did with Sirius. My mother used to say, I don't care who brings the complaint, getting it. Who the complaint is about, getting it. Who witnessed the complaint, getting it. Everybody's exactly. getting it. Everybody's going. I just need to go take a nap. And I don't want to hear anything. Anything. <laughs> so this is the magical world approach, right? We don't want to hear yeah. anything else about Voldemort. We're not going to speak no, his name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, we're, not even gonna we're not even going to say his name out loud anymore. Exactly. We're just going to say, you know, <laughs> he who must not be named. That's right. That's right. And so we, we so I, the whole idea that these these kids can help um, this crazy this this incredible first of all serious I mean uh, Fudge refuses to believe it because he has such a low low opinion of kids of what any young person could possibly do it's like it's not possible they could have been responsible for this but Snape as you know he is just like I know he has something to do with it I know he has something to do with it. so he truly lost his mind and, and Dumbledore was like okay this is the compromise I had to make I had to get let these children get him out of here because you know there's nobody was going to believe that this thing that we have been telling each other for all these years turns out not to be true um, and so I'm we're just getting ahead of ourselves then because we have another magical artifact I think you call them which we're just like what we can turn back time we can go back in time. And this, this for me was the real plot twice. I was just like, um, yeah. what? Yeah. I mean, yes, it explains a lot, but y'all are doing what? Y'all are going back in time to take some classes? You're giving it to the 13-year-old girl to do to use. And for you her to meddle her classes? Time. Yes, that's what she can take. Go back in all so she can take extra classes and so she can do all the homework for those extra classes. That's right. Leave it to the woman to want all the information. Well, yeah. you need more time too, right? You're not a woman. It's never, she never have enough time, right? And even then, Hermione doesn't have enough time either. No. But I'm just no. like, wait, we can go back in time and fix some shit? Like, yeah. I know a whole lot of shit we could not go back in time and fix. It ain't exactly. even big shit. They were just some shit that I think we could have fixed. Okay? Mm-hmm. We could have fixed Squirrel Gordon and fucking up Harry. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, Ministry got this ability. Yeah, I couldn't go back in time and, like, poison Voldemort or something. I mean, like, Lock I mean. The chamber secrets. You could have gone back and locked the chamber. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we know where it is. <laughs> exactly. Right. You know what I mean? And guess what? Plot twist. The shit was never closed. It's still right there, you know. But apparently, well, I guess you can't have. You need to be a part from all. I mean, you know one. We know one person who ain't gonna go back in there for shit, right? Harry ain't mm-hmm. going back down there for nothing. No, you know no, Harry. Got, 
I've had that adventure. I'm not doing that again. It's funny. But, uh, just interesting. I think I'm just going to play the head. Harry didn't assume that the Chamber of Secret wasn't was the secret. Ah. He didn't assume that the Chamber of Secret was the secret hiding place for the Horcrux. He, no. he never thought of that. And then Voldemort pick a place where clearly, boo, other people have been in here because there's a whole bunch of other shit in here. Like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? Like, the room of requirement where you can hide, where you can place for hidden things. But you know, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So we see that this magical, you can go back in time, Hermione went, goes back three hours with Dumbledore to the girl. You alone can fix this problem. And the whole, um, the thing that I'm trying to figure out, maybe one of you can help me with this, or both of you can, is how Harry sees himself casting the Patronus. I've been trying to be like, explain that yeah. to me. I know. That, that is really one of those, I mean, you know, when you when you read time travel, if you've read any other time travel or whatever, but there's always that kind of moment where it, there's something in it that is just very, very hard to, to think about. You know, time is a man-made construct. And so, you know, you're trying to use your your mind to understand how it is that she could go back, that you could go back and do, and he could see himself cast the Patronus when he, when he was in the current time, but he's seeing himself from when he, when the time was turned back. I can't figure that one out. That is one of those things that in the book, I just like, okay, I'm not, I'm just going to accept this, this particular thing because I can't figure it out logically. And well, I think it's not logical. No. But no. Her, at the very beginning when they when Hermione is explaining to him time travel, right? He mm-hmm. says she tells him under no circumstances can you see yourself. It'll mess everything up, right? right. You'll go you could you go can't mad. Acknowledge, you can't acknowledge yourself. You, yourself can't see yourself. Right, right, right. You can't, you can't run into yourself. So I felt like in the moment, we don't know. So we know the, so, okay, step by step, right? In real time, before they've traveled backwards. That's right, we're taking notes. Okay. It, when it's happening initially, before we know that they're going to go back in time or that they have gone back in time, Harry is trying to conjure his Patronus. Right. Um, he's asking Hermione for help. To think of something nice or think of something beautiful. We see the Dementors a- coming. Um, we don't get a solid conclusion. No. That's why Black it works. Her- That's why it works. So we see the Dementors coming. We don't know if he gets the kiss. We know there's a Patronus. No, the Patronus comes and stops the kiss from happening. Right. But it's not definite. No, it is definite. The Patronus pulls back um, Sirius's face. And it's about to go in. The Patronus comes. Right, but we hear Sirius 
we there's a I feel like it's kind of left to maybe it was too late because we see we Harry says that he right before he passes out I think right when right after he's able to conjure the Patronus and you hear Sirius screaming no so you kind of don't know if it makes it on time so when they go back in time it's not happening and the Dementors are going on him, and Harry basically says, "Screw it! Throw no. all the no, throw the all the rules out of the window." And he runs over and he conjures that Patronus. No, wait. In, in the in the original time, right? In the very first time it happened, it says, "But a pair of strong, clammy hands suddenly attached themselves around Harry's neck. They were forcing his face upwards. He could feel its breath. It was going to get rid of him first. He could feel its putrid, its putrid breath. His mother was screaming in his ears. She was going to be the last thing he ever heard. Again, the burden, signifying to the burden. Mm-hmm. And then, through the fog that, that was drowning him, he thought he saw a silvery light glowing brighter, growing brighter mm-hmm. and brighter. He felt himself fall forward onto the grass. Face down, too weak to move, sick and shaking, Harry opened his eyes. The Dementor must have released him. The blinding light was illuminating the glass around the grass around him. The screaming had stopped. The cold was ebbing away. Something was driving the Dementors back. It was circling around him and Sirius and Hermione. The rattling, sucking sounds of the Dementors were fading. They were leaving. The air was warm again. With every ounce of his strength he could muster, Harry raised his head a few inches and saw an animal light. An animal amid the light, galloping away across the lake. Mm-hmm. Eyes blurred the sweat. Harry tried to make it up, make out what it was. It was bright as a unicorn. Fighting to stay conscious, Harry watched it canter to a halt as it reached the opposite shore. Mm-hmm. For and that's moment, where Ron Harry and Hermione thought, are when no, no, they no, go no, back. No, no, no. no yeah. No. No. no, but that's 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 where Harry. That's where he saw the Patronus. The Patronus is going back to where it came from. Right now, right. where we're standing is where Harry, Hermione, and Sirius are. Because remember, in real Ron time. is still up in real time. Remember, Ron is still up on the hill. It's like the tree mm-hmm. wherever they came out. Mm-hmm. Right? He's right. um he's down on the ground. For a moment, Harry saw by its brightness some somebody welcoming it back, raising his hand to pat it. Mm-hmm. Someone who looked strangely familiar, but it couldn't be. Harry didn't understand. He couldn't think anymore. He felt the last of his strength leave him and his head hit the ground as he fainted. And then we get to the last chapter, basically. So what happens is, so when Harry and Hermione go back in time, in real time, we're finding out what happens when they go back in time. Harry and Hermione are going, they, they go back, they get to the part where the Dementors are coming, and Harry says, it's not working. Where is it? Where's the Patronus? It's not coming. I saw it come. So I just took that as... And he says, and then it hit him. He understood. He hadn't exactly. seen his father. He, had seen he saw himself. himself. Harry hung himself out from behind the bush, pulled out his wand, Expecto Patronum, he yelled, and out of the end of his wand burst, not a shapeless cloud of mist, but a blind, but a blinding, dazzling silver animal. He mm-hmm. screwed up, uh, turn the page, he screwed up his eyes, trying to see what it was, 
It looked like a horse. It was galloping silently away from him across the black surface of the lake. He saw it lower its head and charge at the swarming Dementors. Now it was galloping around and around the black shapes on the ground, and the Dementors were falling back, scattering, retreating to the darkness. They were gone. The Patronus turned. It was cantering back towards Harry across the still surface of the water. Mm-hmm. It was horse. It wasn't a unicorn either. It was a stag. It was shining brightly as the moon above. It was coming back to him. It stopped on the bank. Its hooves made no mark on the soft ground as it stared at Harry with his long silver, large silver eyes. Slowly, it bowed its antlered head, and Harry realized. Prongs, he whispered. But as his trembling fingertips stretched towards the creature, it vanished. So Hermione says you can't run into yourself because mm-hmm. you're not going to understand what's going on. And I think that established the fact that just because you're going back in time and you're there, that doesn't mean that you that something didn't happen. You're, you're there to change the event, right? But you can still see yourself. So we know that. And it would be very weird. And you wouldn't understand. So when we're learning about the Patronus coming in real time, but Harry isn't sure how it's happening, he is seeing himself. We don't have right. any reason to think that he wouldn't be able to see himself. He just no, no, doesn't no, no. understand what he's seeing. He thinks it's his dad. We know later that he says, I thought it was my dad. We know that when the Dementors are coming for him, he's, Hermione, help me. And they're both, expecto patronum, expecto patronum, expecto patronum. We know that that's happening. So when Harry and Hermione are going back in time and they're watching it, Harry says, wait a minute. Where is it? Where's my dad? What's going on? It's not coming. And he conjures the Patronus. Mm -hmm. Then that's what he's seeing. So he's seeing it without knowing that he's seeing it. And at the same time, he's seeing it and doing it. I mean, to me, it it No, but you see, but you see, this is, this is, I think what Deb and I are questioning is, is we, we understand that the rules that Hermione is explaining is that both selves cannot see and acknowledge each other, right? Because that's going to be the issue, right? Because your your new self, because we know in history that the past self wouldn't be aware that the future self can come back to the past, right? So that is the confusion. She's just like, Mm -hmm. if you go outside and see yourself, what are you going to think? You're going to think that this is some kind of crazy shit. But what we're talking about, it's because Harry is seeing... Harry, at the moment when the Dementor is kissing him, or attempting to kiss him, right, is seeing his future self come back to the past while it is experiencing. And that's the question that we're having, that we're finding confusing. Well, I don't find it confusing at all because just because it happened. I mean, but 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 right. we see but but we see when that happened though, Janina. You understand what I'm saying? But it's still the same time. So it it's but it's still the same time. Yes, they had to go back and do it, but twelve o'clock is twelve o'clock. Yes, right. But- it's, it's right, and I now I'm understanding what Janina's saying because the time has continued to pass. They're they're about to the same point where they first started. You know, when they went, when they were in the hospital room and the, the time has passed, it's not like they, they turned it back three hours mm-hmm. and then time started going forward again. Yeah. So now 
have come back. They have come They've, almost to the point where this is where this started. So it's not like the time is so far past, so far back. They're just doing it again, and they're adding, and, and it's the same for everything. They're when they go to Hagrid's and they get they let Buckbeak go. Right. Everything still happens the same, except boom, Buckbeak's gone. Everything's the same and they're just carefully manipulating it. And it's the same thing when they get to that part. We, you, he conjures the, he, he doesn't in the moment really know what's going on when we hear about it the first time, but it's still the same time. So I guess I understood it as just because we move back in time, it doesn't mean that it, it's it's still happening. It, you're adding to it. You're still seeing the same things. But the reason you can't run into yourself is because you would be like, what the hell's going on? It doesn't change the fact that that's happening right there. So really, Harry saw himself. Really, this is all happening together, which what that's what makes it crazy. Right. But that's also what makes it work. They were there at the same time. This is what happened. We just didn't know when it happened the first time that they were there. I'm going to need diagrams. That's all I'm going to say. We can move on, but I need diagrams. <laughs> I need diagrams. It's a tough one, too. It's a tough Yeah. Time. It's a tough one. But, it was, but, 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 but it, it was one of those moments, again, that, that, you know, that give me feelings. And reading it back again, I was just like, this poor, this child is searching for some connection to his father. And he right. literally has to conjure this up. <laughs> like, literally. Yeah. Well, because who, why would you ever think it was me? And even when he says to Hermione, I knew I could do it because I did it before. Oh. See, he didn't know that he, he didn't do it before. He came and he saved himself. And that's what he witnessed. Right. But it's so interesting but um, the, what you said about the about him, him wanting a connection to his father because right before that happened before um, Lupin transformed and upset everything you know Sirius had said you can come and live with me I was appointed right. your guardian and you know Harry right off the bat is is thinking oh my gosh I can actually have a I can go I can leave the Dursleys I can go with somebody who knew my father and who knew my parents and who who doesn't doesn't hate me? You know, I can really have a family. And but he can have two so because he's two two friends are united again. Yes, and he can have he can have all of those things that um, even though you know he was they're not in lieu of uh, having a parents. It's like you can hear, I can hear stories about when my dad was you know all of those things that he's thinking about. It really hit me the same way the mirror of Erised did um, in book one is that, you know, he's so desperate for a family. And here is Sirius, um, who we will talk about next book and whether or not it's a suitable family. But, you know, just... Deb out here being CPS. Deb is out here being CPS, okay? She's out here child protecting herself. Sirius was arrested development. He wasn't grown up. But anyway, so, um, you know, we just really... You can see why he immediately thought, it's my dad. It was my dad who conjured right. the Patron. Um, because everything leads back to me, to Harry trying to trying to find a family. It is such a... Uh, Rowling out here, um, she is... 
She's really out here trying to put out all the feelings for us here. But this She's is... conjuring up all the emotions. Conjuring up all the emotions. It's so too. unfair. Every time Harry gets something that means oh, something to him, it is yeah. snatched away. Snatched Even away. something as little as a damn broom, right? But it is snatched right? away not by... It's it's just the world, politics around him, right? These forces yeah. that are larger than him. That has nothing right. to do with him. You know what I mean? He didn't accidentally drop it. You know what I mean? He didn't break it. You know what I mean? Right. There are forces it's that just play here. Something always is, happens. You know, like it's it's almost like I can he never says this, but um it's almost like the whole world has conspired against him. And, and the you same can time see, the whole world is talking about how great he is, how he great is. Right. Exactly. He's the hero and they keep He's fucking the him hero. over. He's the face of re- of the resistance. He's the boy who lived. And he, he's like, I just wish there was, I wish I had somebody like a parent. I just wish I had a mother. Yeah. Well, I want to I, I be the boy who is loved. Listen, he that's, wants to be loved. Yes, that's it. That's ultimately it. He wants he to be loved. He doesn't want to be the boy who lived. He wants to be the boy who is loved. And that's right. you see, um, this is the third book. The third book is where I'm just like, aha, no nice little neat ending, right? I mean, right. the people yeah. who we wanted to live, lived. But their circumstances hasn't necessarily changed. No. But Dumbledore has, has something to tell us. Dumbledore is like, wait, yeah. I'm sorry? But he's like, you know, you did make a change. You, you did know, so make often, a change. You, you, we often think if it's not the big, humongous change or, you know, right. that we think it should be, or unless somebody came down and smoked down the enemies or what have you, we say, oh, it didn't make any difference. And Dumbledore tells him, of course, it made a difference. And you really do see how each mm-hmm. one of the things does lead up to the ultimate victory. But there is, it's not going to be some big cataclysmic change, which for Harry feels like, hey, that's the way my life started with a big cataclysmic change. Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, yeah. no, no one is asking me exactly. She wrote. But, you know, the changing back to it is not going to be the way it got you here. It's right. incremental. You got here in a big flash of green light and, you know, with a big scar on your forehead. But that's not how this is going to be redeemed. This is going to be redeemed over a long period of time. Right. Hopefully, two steps forward, one step back. This is exactly. how it's going to be we, not, we will not have no neat, sexy ending like we had in yeah, this the is the first book, book the that. Book. Yeah. yeah, this is this is the first book that we don't have a complete finish. Right. Well, um, Harry, that, isn't, Harry isn't joyous. Harry. No, he's not joyous. But we don't know what happens pain. to Sirius. We don't know where he's going. You know, know I mean, Lupin. we don't know where Lupin goes. And you 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 can't just expect him to be gone forever. His 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 character is way too significant well, having no, the ties Sirius, to his family. Sirius sends a letter. Sirius sends a letter. He, I mean, he sends a letter, but he also yeah. says that I'm, we'll be in touch. Right. right. But, I mean, so you know it's not done there. Oh, I, I didn't... He sends the letter. He sends the, the new owl The permission slip. Yeah. He signs the permission slip. He sends a new owl for Ron since he was responsible for Ron losing scabbers. Um, he tries to make, you know, some, some little things have been, you know, set to right. Right. But it's not a big, neat bow ending. Um, the only thing joyous about it is, you know, he goes home and he says, I do have a godfather. And he, you know, he let him see that he, <laughs> he 
He's a murderer. <laughs> he, he, will make, he will come and mess you up if you mess with these. He needs regular updates. And then right. I'm doing well, okay? Yeah. He wants to make sure I'm doing okay. So he does have that little piece of joy. That much has changed for him. That is the and he has an advocate out there in the world who is who, who is uniquely his advocate and not someone who is an advocate of the face of the resistance. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think because Sirius represents, um, and it's kind of said that he doesn't reach out to Lupin as well. It's like Harry sort of like overlooks the obvious a lot of times because Lupin is there. Lupin is a much safer connection, isn't it? Because Lupin is he's a werewolf. He's ostracized from society, but he's not outlawed by the society, right? right. He's not a fugitive. But right. Sirius, but you know Harry, you know this is where. It's arrested, developed, right? He's like, right. you know, he is a child. He's, he's, like, so Harry is just, he's more of a big brother than a father figure. Um, but, so you know, he's more like um, the, the it's, a, it's without the without the humor. He's more like the Weasley twins. Um, but, but you uh, know, so go ahead, Tyrant. No, I was just gonna say, you know, <clears throat> he, I think he because. He had been de- he had been given that job by his parents. He feels that that Sirius is the connection to his parents. That his parents had made him godfather. Oh, so he's always going to feel a connection to Sirius because of that. But I, I do think it's um, um it's funny that when when we get into more James's character, I'm just like James couldn't have been all of that. James sounds like a hot, messy douche. Rich, privileged white boy running around the guy that I play. And I mean, like, the only person I would have probably hang out in that group is the werewolf. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it's the way. I think James was that way until he got involved with the Order of the Phoenix and had and took took on a cause. I think that's true. I think, you know, I, I think I said to you guys, he, he sounds like a Tom Brady type of jock, you know, where he's just with glasses, boy. though. Yeah, with glasses. But he's a golden boy. He's. You know, everybody loves him. Um, he's he's entitled. He's rich. He's all of that. Bag of chips. But I think once he um, becomes part of the Order of the Phoenix, he has he puts aside a lot of that identity and takes on the resistance. So you know, he, but I think all through high school, yeah, that's what he was. I would say and, that's. What he was. And what I love about Sirius that Sirius out here trying to say he's slumming it. You know what I mean? And he comes from like one of the richest family in the whole place. Right. <laughs> he's like, right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna reject money, okay? But I'm gonna, right. you know, set up but, but in my fancy grandma place. Remember mm-hmm. when he when he did that, his parents, um, you know, they kind of they kind of disowned him, and he had he went to live with James's family. So but he has, but they're rich too. They got money. Like it's not like he's a, yeah. <laughs> it's not like you go hang out with Lupin. Like you know, Lupin, Lupin. No. You know, I don't think they live in a shack, but you know, what I mean, like. Lupin is, you know, all right. You know what I mean? You ain't gonna hang out with Lupin's house. You know what I mean? And poor right, Lupin, right. like the burden on Lupin to try to keep these idiots, you know what I mean, in check. From doing, from, from doing worse stuff than they want their, and their entitlement makes them want to do. Well, why are you going to be like, <laughs> stop letting me be a werewolf and run around here like a savage? Like, he's not going to do that, right? Because they're only going to be like, 
let's go peep her. You know, let's go chase them. My God, they probably been peeping at women. Oh, the sex crime they probably committed. Like, oh my God. Anyway, we're going with the whole tangent. But you know, it it is at the end of the day. I have to say that it for me, this third book was like, oh wow, wow, girl. Like you, you know, I've I've suspected that you were kind of like hardcore. You know, I mean, triple murder to start out, but you know. Now that Harry is cognizant, you're like, Mm-mm, you're not going to have this godfather today. Because I was just, because even before um, Sirius suggested it, I remember reading the first. I'm just like, oh, Harry, you could go live with this man. Like, goddamn, these people at the house. Like, I mean, like, you need mm-hmm. to go. You, you cannot go back to this house another year. You cannot go back to this house another year. And, I, and you see how Harry chooses to deal with that situation, right? To be sadistic. Mm-hmm. A murderer will come here and cut every one of your. <laughs> which, which is so. Which is like. Have so a good afternoon, auntie thing. and uncle. So, I'm, I'm like, I'll get my big brother who, you know, with that, he's like a, a, he's like a green beret or he's like a, on a SWAT team or I'll go get, he's going to be watching me. He's going to walk me to school. He's killed that before. Kind of <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Killed. And he'll again you know so, so, so just yeah. imagine he just killed 13 regular people just because right. they were in his way guess yeah, what exactly. he's gonna do to you people who is right. hurting his favorite godchild like look how are you auntie and uncle have a good night what's for supper that's <laughs> it. like, i'm sure that's the next thing out of his knowledge oh. what's for supper you know what i mean it's just like i love it i love it, I love it. I'm just like, sometimes I'm like, you know, um, it's one of those things I got when I was reading Oliver Twist as well. Just like, y'all are passing this off as a children's book? Like, what? Like, like and y'all are passing this off as a children's book. But, you know, I, I think um, humans, and I guess we see it in this book, but humans have a capacity, um, even magical people, for us to see tragedy and take what we want from it, right? We can yeah. see a, a traumatic situation and being like, well, you know, they're forgiven after all of this hardship. And, you know, they're still going on and loving. And, you know, like, but you, you but you notice these people talking and not trying to focus on the victim because here is Harry screaming, I want my parents back. I yeah. want my parents. Yeah. I want Remember, a family. I'm not interested in y'all wizarding business. That ain't got nothing to do. Like Tony Morrison said, keep me out. I want right. a family. Okay. I want my and parents. He, he says that there was a point where he wonders if he can't he can't um, conjure the Patronus because he really doesn't want to stop hearing his yeah. parents' voice. So, yeah. you know, that's why I said it all all roads lead back to Harry wanting a connection, a family. Yeah. Um, and I think that and it and really when you don't think about that being such a major theme. Um, because this book is darker, it's grittier, and all of those kinds of things. But it really is still at the at the core of this book mm-hmm. is Harry's desire, and it's so how strong his desire is for a family. And interesting, huh? interesting though, a little spoiler alert that he does get this opportunity, and he has to leave it behind, right? So quickly, yeah. He has to be like, I can't, I can't. And it is, it is, there are moments within this book, in the book series, I'm going to say, you know, JK, you know, you and I got issues, you know, you're the human being and you're the writer here, but there are just moments when I'm just like, 
god damn girl like you did the damn thing here like some of these mm-hmm. things are just brilliant like strokes yeah. of like you know just like yeah. you're bringing up themes and issues i think not even we don't even get these issues in adult books in, in like, what we would <laughs> yeah. consider adult books and even adults wouldn't even be willing to even have these kind of conversations with you know um themselves but you know not that i think that you're actually dealing with them actively but the fact that your work is drying these issues out you know that we can right. we right. the black college and anyone else it, it's there like we it's we're there. not making up anything yeah that's the one thing in my professor is saying like look y'all can say whatever y'all want to say but is there textual evidence eh? you can make right. you, you could believe what you want to believe but there's so mm-hmm. much textual evidence to support all of the things that we're saying here. And this is one of those rich veins that I, it has to be that. And I'm curious as to why she chooses to focus on this. Because this child going through all of these traumatic losses and loss in tremendous bonding of a family in many ways. that in, And yet in so many ways when you see Harry how Harry operates, he still keeps his friends at a distance. He doesn't yeah. tell them anything until he sees that he must tell them. They are always watching him. Mm-hmm. They are always like, mm, you're not doing something right. That he keeps secret within them. And it's only when, uh, and you would see, the secret keep it comes up again. It will be a, a thing in the next book, which I'm looking forward to. So I guess that means I didn't want to say anything, but I guess I got to do the responsible for that book, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> Work, ladies. Give it the man. Yeah. Work, work, work. I'm excited. Yeah, I that's I'm a that's, that's a big book. We're definitely gonna we're gonna go I slow and we're gonna talk about all of the things. I just started listening again, so I'm I'm gonna be ready. I'm excited to move on from the Prisoner of Azkaban because let me tell you something is I I love it. Um, you know I love all things Harry Potter, but I've listened to the audio book about six times now since we started this <laughs> podcast. I just kept going back because we hadn't moved on yet from the podcast, so I wanted to keep it fresh in my mind. And you know, honestly, I mean, even now I still pick up on stuff. Um, I still yeah. find meaning in things that I didn't before and little tiny pieces, and I love that. But yeah, I'm ready to move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. ready to move on. And then some on. of the things that I'm really ready, you know, we kind of hit upon it a little bit in terms of sports culture, but that's going to be a really major theme in the next book. Oh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's going to be, I like, yeah. I like how Debbie's out here dragging up, you know, coming from mainstream media sports, okay? Like, she's, <laughs> she's, she's not our April Pro sports. Ready. Listen, ready. Oh, Jordan is the sports commentator that we hate on Tennis Channel, Oh, right? my God. No. Uh-uh. 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 Jordan is the tennis commentator, is, is a com- sports commentator that we need. That we, we need, need, maybe. You know what well, I mean? Well, I guess it depends on who they're cheering for. Oh, there's a scene in the food book. I, I hope that we, I hope that someone's picked it up. It has okay. to be the food book because I'm trying to figure out. I thought it was older, but I think it's the... Um, well, rein yourself in, Reels. But anyway, there's a scene <laughs> where there's there is actually about racism that is mentioned in the book. Do you know that? There's a part in the series. Ooh, I'll be looking someone, for it. Someone mentioned, someone says something to another character, and it's clearly it's racist. But um, it's 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 there slightly. Um, find it. But I don't. Anyway, we will find it because we are going to this book with a fine teeth comb, and if not, I know we'll go back and look for it. 
But yes, yeah, so we're at the end of the prison of Azkaban. The prison of Azkaban is a prisoner no more. He's out and about. So get, then again, all of these wizarding institutions. I mean, I don't know about magic, but magic ain't working really well for anybody. It's not working for anyone. I just got to say that so far. So we are out and about, and Sirius Black is out, and we are heading to the fourth year. Harry has completed another successful year at school, depending right. on who you ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is success? Because, you know, I know that bitch ain't studied this whole year. I know he did not. He just didn't. Didn't happen. But, you know, he had a mass murderer on his tail. And we get to the fourth <laughs> book where it starts to get. If we thought that the third book was dark and the fourth book. It's about to really book, go down. The second book was foreshadowing things. I think we're at the fourth book where we're just like, uh uh-uh, uh, okay, all bets are off. Yeah. All bets are off. We are in yeah. a whole different um, arena of children's literature. We are on to a whole different level of um the magical world that we thought was gonna be like fun and like oh we're gonna make you know candles float in the air it's like uh uh-uh. people have a whole different way of functioning and understanding and working magic in this world and we're about to get into all of that and we get to meet the elusive the figure in all of his glory Voldemort yes we do and guess who's back Dobby's back too All right, guys. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, we are. There's no trivia this week because, you know, I don't know. Like, these books doesn't... There are no more trivias again. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, we'll find some for next time for sure. Yes. yes. Don't forget to comment below, like us, and subscribe. Review um, us. You like this we, podcast? Review us on Podbean. Review yes. us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps get it out there. And comment on YouTube. You know, I'm always willing to engage with you and in fact you know what you can do for us someone explain to us you know what i mean like explain to me apparently because deb got it janine they got it apparently i'm being ron right about now um <laughs> if you can explain time travel uh time turner in the magical world because reels is reels might need diagrams okay maybe i wonder if the tennis your leader and company could probably come in a, oh hell no you know what that's it you're cut off all right good night <laughs> Good day, people. Be safe, folks. Be safe. Be safe. And when Black Lives Matter, I'm cutting that shit out. Oh, Jesus. Mischief managed. <laughs>